Joining us from Elkhart, India. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> Man! Wow! Woo! This room is live. Hey everybody, like our new studio? This and um, you can see us now, you know? Well, if all goes well, this could be like a, our first video episode. Right. I have to make sure that we know what we're going on, which means we probably started a YouTube channel. I wonder, do I need like makeup or something? Is there like too much glare, like too much It's taken until we start the podcast for you to ask that right, question. exactly. Fascinating. So this is it. This is our new studio. Our new studio. We've relocated to a classroom at the high school, and we got a nice little. It's not right soundproof here. anymore, so we're hoping that um, the rattle of the the heater in the room isn't too much. We'll have to wait and see what's going on, but we did. Um, we just did our clap off at the very beginning, right? And there had some reverb to it right. that it did not normally have. So we got the desk going up. This is something new for us. And you can actually see the mugs at Trump's the desk. Mug. Boom. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, um, one other thing before we get rolling with our content is that we're wondering if people actually make it to the ends of the episodes, which is when we do our spiel. So we're just going to get that out of the way. It's kind of like doing your announcements right at the start of class, so at the end of class, make sure your kids are in. So if you like what you hear so far, make sure you follow us on Chops Podcast on Instagram at Chops underscore podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Chops underscore podcast. And you can listen to us on Apple and Spotify. Do, do people use more Apple or Spotify? Apple. Apple Pie. Apple Podcasts. Apple yeah, pie. that's where they're getting in there. Um, but we know both people are rolling on both. We're going to keep doing it on both. So thank you for your listening and your constant support. This week, Steve. Oh, wait. We got to. What is the date today? I just want to make sure. Why does it matter what the date is? Uh, uh, so I listen to this when I'm walking later. I can remember what day it was. Oh. So this um, is for Steve's notes. It is Monday the 13th. Monday, November 13th. Yeah. The weekend's over. We're That's back in. Full day of teaching. But they'll listen to this on Tuesday the 21st. 21st. Yeah, that's when they'll hear this. Oh, that's the day before Thanksgiving break. Yeah, so there you go. We're kind of like the appetizer. Appetizer. <laughs> Cameron Bradley, if you're out yeah. there, that's for you. We should get Cameron Bradley on. Sometime. That would be a... Good He's one. one of our colleagues that's in India. Hey, we do have a um, couple new guests lined up already. Yeah, we do. We have two primary grade teachers next week we're going to be going, <laughs> which is going to be a hoot. I think it's going to be, it will be pretty loud, and we'll see how much we actually get accomplished, but I think it will be really great, and there are two rock star educators um, in the primary grades. That'll be fun. That'll be great. Tune in. And uh, so we'll be able to kind of get that going. There you go. So I was wondering, Jack, if I can call you Jack. Most days you do. What do say, Mr. Hinkle, Mr. Hinkley? Pick your poison. Okay. Um, what are we doing? So I wanted to talk about the people that you come across in your life that you kind of look at them and listen to them. And you go, what do you got? What's going on with you? Like in a good way. People they who draw me in. Immediately attracted to them. Okay. And you're attracted to them consistently mm -hmm. because of their words, their facial expression, their welcoming in, and their kind of caring for other people. They kind of transcend what's, whatever goo is going on in the school or at work or you know in the, your daily life. They just kind of transcend and rise above. And 
I think about that as like teachers in the school, but then also I do think about that like students mm -hmm. and about, I think it's like a real dependability that you, you know, you really come to be appreci so appreciative of the predictability and or like um, trusting, you know what's gonna show up or who is gonna show up. Okay. And who's gonna be there. And one of the word, one of the people that came to mind immediately was, we said Dr. Tim Lesenheiser, okay? And Dr. Tim is a uh, uh, band guru. He's an educational guru. He um, just does a wonderful job uh, leading um, high school workshops, teenage uh, leadership workshops, and really calls on the students to kind of crack the code to be a better leader. And a lot of, um, a lot of servant leadership mm -hmm. built in, and you've worked under him, and mm -hmm. I've worked under him, and we've been to clinics and um, workshops with him. And that's somebody, like, when he walks into your school, he comes in, and it's like, immediately, you feel like he sees you. And it's like, he doesn't make eye contact and, like, kind of turn the other way. Like, he goes towards you, and he goes, hey, Jack, how you doing? Probably gives you a hug or just a great handshake. Or, hey, Steve, how you doing? And this is a guy that travels internationally. Right. And goes to schools all over the place and is constantly giving workshops in addition to being a teacher at Ball State University. Yet he can come up to you and say, hi, how's it going? And just always turns it on you like, you're amazing. You, my gosh, you guys, you guys are nuts. I can't believe all the good work you guys do. You band directors, oh my gosh. Just, Every time. You, he goes, you guys, you, you're the ones getting the Purple Hearts in the school. Like, you guys are amazing. But I think he says that to everybody he comes into. So when you see him, you're like, <laughs> Dr. Tim, you know? And you're like so excited to see him. And then he does his thing to 60, 70, 100 kids. And the kids have this kind of like, what do you got? And it's always the same. Mm -hmm. It's always the same. And I just want to know, like, I want to like exalt those people, like talk about those people, and then also maybe look about it, look at it with um, students we have like that. Are there students that you're just like really drawn to? You're just like so relieved they're there, just because of the energy, <laughs> right? Yeah, just the yeah. energy that they spread out, yeah. and you know, and like I'm so like curious to think about their. Um, impact on the world looking you know looking ahead and, and trying to kind of quantify this you're talking about people who are just like over the top with charisma yes and over the top with their interpersonal skills and just how they speak to people and how they look at people and how they listen and how they act and walk and stand and talk yes. all that stuff yeah and why how they get there that's the that, question yeah why is like it what, that way okay right so yeah, I'm thinking about Dr. Tim and why he makes me feel that way. The first thing I remember meeting him, and I met him as a kid, was that he was just funny. He was funny. I feel like that was kind of his welcome mat that brought people in to the house, is that he was like quick with like witty and sharp humor, and that's kind of what got people listening. And his, his way of producing speech and speaking had like perfect cadences. Yeah. I can remember he would just pace whatever he was saying, whether he was like delivering some sort of lecture or even just like having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. It was so perfectly timed. Right. He, 
and he, he was really good with his presentations. I'm glad you said that. Um, the cadence that there would be like these pregnant pauses, yeah, and that he would tell some tender story about some band student long ago, and then he would just like bite his lip, and you'd be like, What, you know? And then, like, sometimes it would almost come to the point of tears, um, and then yep. he would be laughing about like what we all laugh about, like being high school teachers or high school students, and then jump in on kind of some band humor. But then also he was really good at laughing at himself. Yeah. Like he was never, he was the, he was carrying the message, but it wasn't his message. Like right. this is stuff that other people have thought about and other scientists and therapists have thought about. And he was just kind of the, the, the yes. post office kind of delivering it to you. That's true. He took him, he never said, this is what I think. This is kind of like, this is how it is. And um, I also think the word her fluff ratio was through the roof. Gotcha. And I think about other people in my life who I've met who have similar vibes to Tim, that whenever they speak, I, I know it's serious, or I know it's worth listening to, and I don't have to sift through. The like Kevin Malone. Kevin Malone with a doctorate, mm. right? Dr. Malone. No, it's true, but I, I never felt like there was any sort of fluff or any thing that could, we could get rid of. It was always pertinent, and every word he spoke meant something. Right. What do you remember? What do you got? I do remember him coming into high school at Concord and going to that training as a high school student and crying at the end of it, being a freshman in high school. You cried in high school? Yeah. He had the whole band crying. He wow. had the whole, it was for the whole band. It wasn't just juniors God, and seniors. Kids were soft back then. Dude. They came in and we, he like brought us all in and everybody was like hugging. Wow. And crying. Wow. Okay. And this was, you know, 40 years ago. Sure. So, uh, but I do remember that. And then I just remember how funny he was. Yes. And he's kind of a goofball. But he's smart goofball. And I, I just kind of always wanted to be like, what do you got? What do you got? Like, how do I get that? Like, I want that, you know? And I'm intrigued by people like that. When you're in their presence, you're like, ah, you got something, you know? And maybe sometimes, I don't know, there's another uh, really dynamic person that went through here at, at Concord High School. I don't know if you know his name. His name was Tom Kahn. And Tom Common was a football coach. And he was here in the 80s, like in the early 80s. My brother, Andy, had him as a coach. Um, and then he did leave teaching kind of at the high point of his coaching career and went into business. Okay. And he still lives in Elkhart. And just one of those people that, hey, how you doing, Steve? Oh, so good to see you. How are your mom and dad? Like every time, it's just kind of like one of these bigger than life, like presence and personality. And you always wanted a piece of that. Huh. And he did teach um, business in the school. Um, and he was a coach, but he was like this beloved coach. But he just like, when he talked, you like, yeah, yeah. And I was a band kid and he was a football coach and I wanted what something he was having. That's cool. But I still see him as an adult, like around the community. And it's the same thing, like all the time. It's always like that. 
how's your brother? Oh my gosh, how's your parents? Oh, you guys do such beautiful work. You know, it's just, you know, and then, so I do think about that, like somebody like that, who wasn't even like my coach, who was like impactful. And he just, that was who he was, is that he just got out there with all the kids. He was like pro He was kid, in there, he was in the kids. That's awesome. The kids loved him. Was his wife the? Kathy Penn. I had her. Yes. Okay, okay. There you go. I never, I was not right. around for him. Okay, right. but she was a lovely person too. Um, another person I, I thought of, and he's no longer living, God bless his soul, was uh, my junior high principal, Roger Sweisberger. And Roger Sweisberger, um, they named the gym after him at the junior high, and he was called the captain at the junior high. But he would stand at the door um, to the junior high, and he would hug every kid as they came in. He would hug them. Wow. And it didn't matter who you were. He just hugged them. He put their arm, hey, how you doing? And he was a big guy. He was a full-figured guy. Kind of had like this, not, he didn't have big facial hair kind of thing going on, but he was always in a suit and just had this big, genuine smile on his face and just like brought kids in and gave you a hug and just wonder, hey, how you doing? And it didn't matter if you were like connected to the school or you were not connected to the school. You were struggling with academics or you are struggling with behavior. You were just in Getting there. a hug. Every day, every like he would kid, be every there. Day. Every wow. kid, every day, he would be at the front door. Wow! As okay. kids came in, that was my memory of my junior high principal. And I thought he was exceptional. And I, I mean, that really, that really like left a mark on me. Uh, thinking about that kind of personality of, you know, like that's that's how I should be, or that's how teachers should be. Nice. Like kind of putting out that vibe. So, what do you got? Like, what do you think of? I think of my college band director. What was his name? Michael Colburn. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was fortunate enough that during my time at Butler, we had a new hire for the director of bands. And Michael Colburn, Colonel Michael Colburn, was the um, director of the Marine Band, U.S. Marine Band, like one of the best bands in the, in the world. And he came here to Butler, and I was like, oh, boy, I better start practicing. Yeah. But he, even, like, not as a musician, just, like, as a person, like, the way he carried himself was very attractive. Is that, I mean, obviously, if you're a Marine, you do have to stand a little differently, right? And I'm sure he was trained in some of those things. But just the way he presented himself and how he spoke to the band and how he spoke to the students um, was always very professional. And he did have a little bit of humor, and he was still able to be authentic to himself. Yeah. And was very inviting. And... I took conducting lessons with him, private conducting lessons, just me and him in his office, like every week. Yeah, that was my look every time I walked in there. That's was, intense. It was. It He's was like a high roller. He was, and I had no clue what I was doing, but he was very demanding, like in a good way, and he was not. Again, like he didn't like speak fluff. He got to the point, and I appreciated that of him, and I think people liked him, and he had something really good to offer for Butler when he was there, and. Um, obviously like a really good musician. He was like an incredible euphonium player and he played for us a few times and he'd play in you know, the, uh, the staff um, ensembles whenever those happened in the chamber ensembles. And I just remember um, having a good experience there and feeling like I was um, really getting pushed. But he still had something like human about him that was like fun and um, authentic and real and very intelligent, bright, well-spoken. He just, he checked a lot of boxes in terms of a leader. And that was cool. So I want to be more like him. Yeah. I don't think I'm cut out for the Marines, though. 
there you go. So all this to say, why are we talking about this? I think it stemmed from a conversation that my wife and I were having about. Shout out, Kathy. Shout out, Kathy. Kathy with a K. Whoop, whoop. Um, like, wh who are the people that? Who are the people that are attractive to you in your life, and then why? And then, since we spend a lot of time as teachers, like, are we being attractive to our students? And then, like, are, like, what kind of students are being attractive to each other or to their teachers? Like, kind of putting yeah. out that that light. You know, you said this to me off air, but I think it was pretty, um, was hitting the nail on the head, being consistent. Yeah. And I know that's a skill we're teaching our kids every day of how to be consistent and right. how to hold yourself to that expectation. But I think that getting that as modeled for them is a yeah. valuable thing too. And yeah. you know, who knows, who knows what they get modeled for them? Right. Who knows what they see and in, in just their friends, family, whoever, like what's going on. And I think um, being, a, as a leader, like being consistent, I mean, I know we talked about that like at a very young age, like when I was in my music ed classes in college, like consistency was always a big thing. But it's, it's different when you are up in front of the same group of kids every day and you have a certain level of expectation for them, like, my goodness, you better hold yourself to that expectation. Yeah. And being consistent I mean, you have to be consistent in so many ways. And maybe this is like low-hanging fruit, but showing up for the kids every day is like a must. Yeah. And not just your attendance, but your approach and your how you look at them and how you speak to them and how you stand and how open your eyes are. And even if you're tired, you know, you got to push through it and figure it out. And I think that there are many opportunities for people to be tired throughout the day, but in a job like ours, Things don't go well for you if you yeah. look tired every day. Do you do you find that yourself? Do you find yourself thinking about being consistent? Because as a teacher, you, I see you as a teacher that is consistent, and that your vibe and or attitude and or effort seems to be it is consistent. So do you think is that something that's in your mind, like that you're trying to work through the. Um, scaries in your head like you're anxious about this or you physically don't feel good or you're like tired or you're like really distracted by some behavior or some um, skill in your class lack of skill or something going on or something that has gone on with the schedule or you know constantly yeah now it for me it started more big picture as a younger teacher like I was more focused on how is my energy like am I am I energetic am I looking at the kids right am I standing up correctly with good posture but now it's like much more like honed in on tiny nitpicky things of consistency like I know I know what the lesson plan is going into like jazz band per se right and I know that I really want to fix this and sometimes I might get frustrated and I know I can be better and I'm like okay I have to reel this one in like am I approaching this correctly because I'm expecting it to be bad am I expecting it to be good what's happening here so it's like the consistency now I've like honed in on very small details um, that I'm, I'm clocking myself still but I'm really aware that I can be different in certain ways in certain smaller ways and how I approach a certain part of a lesson plan and how I talk to a kid that I know hasn't turned in assignments and I'm trying to hone in those consistencies and I have how I want it to go in my head and I want to make sure that that is what is reality as I go through how about you 
Yeah, I think about it, and, and I think I surprised at how much I fluctuate through the day, or how much I have to try to keep it. Self-regulate? Yeah. With what, everything? Yeah, my own, like, like how I feel physically, yeah. right? Um, how I feel about my expectation with the class, and like you said, either they're, they're better than what I thought it was gonna be, or it wasn't up to what I thought it was gonna be, and like how to be productive in my response, yeah. and be, um, that's the tough one. <laughs> like be, be productive and help them have a better experience and get better, even if it's really good or even if it's really bad. Yeah. And then, but I know that my frustration does come up like it came up today in one of my classes and I could I it wasn't a huge deal but I could tell by the way I was talking and I could tell by the body posture of some of the, some of the students I was working with I was like this isn't hitting right yeah like in my own I, I'm not doing a good job of regulating this and you know I'm only human we're only human so you do kind of ride that but I think I think that it's um it's kind of interesting to think about that, writing the ups and downs, mm -hmm. and then wanting to kind of smooth that out, but then trying to be authentic, and not like trying to um, just throw a, at a boy, at a girl, good job, yeah. wow, look at you. Yeah. But you know, being um, honest with where you are, um, and have the energy stay up. That's true. And the nice thing, or maybe the, I mean, I guess it works both ways, but when we have classes where we taught the same kids three or four years they know like they know what's coming and you can throw some you know lighthearted shade yeah. at your jazz band yes but you probably can't do that with your piano class that you've known for two months right, right? so you might have to respond differently to those guys right. than you do these guys but I think that whole idea of consistency if we're talking about this overarching thing of being inviting right consistency is probably like one of the first steps right. in a long-term professional relationship right. Yeah, I think I do think about that a lot. I was thinking about that today. And it, it's um, interesting that I think we, we could talk about this and then go back to some of those pillars that we're, yeah. those pillar people that we're talking about. But um, so then if you're talking about best practices of knowing your content, knowing your students and knowing your teaching, but so you're thinking about those things, but also you're thinking about how you're coming across, which is like the, <laughs> it's like the umbrella over everything. Right. And, and it's like, sometimes it's really hard to be present because you're oh, so, yeah. you're so um, focused on wanting to make it correct and you're trying to adjust it where the ship is going, but you're not actually in the ship. Like yes. You're, you just, I mean, like as band directors, you do get a reprieve. Because if you're going through a piece of music and the band plays for 30 seconds, you don't have to talk. And then you, as the band is playing, you can either one, check out, right? <laughs> you can. You can, I mean, you can check out and get to the end of the rep and be like, uh, I got my, you know, that's not where we wanna be obviously. But you can, you're in that repetition that they're going through for 30 seconds and then maybe you're making a note in your score or you're just making a mental note or you're writing something up on the yeah. board. But as it's going on, at, when those 30 seconds are done, you know exactly what you're gonna say. 
but you have kind of, you just were in the present moment with them, but right. you're already formulating something for the future. It, it sounds kind of like, it does sound kind of like difficult when I think about it, like when I say it like that. Yeah. But I, I, I think we probably do that in a lot of ways in our lives. Sure. That's how we converse with people. Like I think you're crazy, and then I'm like, let me tell you why you're crazy. Right, right, right. right. Um, so you're, you're always taking an input and then formulating how that output is going to come. And, but then you're not only formulating like what you want to say, like the good and the bad and the ugly, yes. but then also what you're going to comment on. Like, are you going to find something that's not as good and trying to get that better? Or you're going to try, maybe the vibe of the room isn't as great as it could be, and you're trying to find something really great. So you're going to sacrifice the not as good for the good of the class to say, that was amazing. And like be authentic about it. And you're not like throwing, you're not like blowing smoke. You're, you're giving them something real, but you're, you're helping craft the moment. I like made that cringe face because it's so real, but there's so, there's always so many directions you can go with that. Right. I mean, I was th again, like thinking about that stuff today, like as the stuff's playing, I mean, oh my gosh, as the kids are playing, you hear the good, you hear the bad, you see the kid who's like not looking at their music and then like something happens behind you or the announcements come on and you're trying to hear that and then you're thinking about what you're going to say back to him next, but then you hear this wrong note over here that you feel like you need to correct right now, but then if you don't, then you're going to lose these kids over there. Dude, it just doesn't stop. Right. And, and you're constantly given that choice and that's like what separates the master teachers from everyone else is like how they handle those decisions and like where they go from right. there. Right. And then always maintaining that sense of, I'm not going to say calm because I think you can certainly live your life excited. You certainly don't live your life calm when you teach. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> but it does, but I, <coughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> wrong pipe, wrong pipe. <laughs> I can feel that one coming. That was not going to be good. Okay. <laughs> nope. <coughs> okay, back to you in the studio, yeah. Steve. Um, so not calm, but I um, expected. Expected? You're not going so far off script, you're losing the kids. Right. You're staying on the script, but you're keeping something engaging. But you're also keeping it productive. And then you get to pick your tools, whether your tools are funny or your tools are demanding or your tools are inspiring. I mean, we kind of have those like dangling at the belt that we just kind of pull out and right. pick for different things for what the kids need. And that's what those people were so good at is that they, all, they always knew which tool fit the best situation. And all of their tools were sharpened so well Ooh, that they always yeah, worked. Yeah. They were the ultimate professional because they like said the right thing at the right time. Yes. It, it was always right. It was always right. And it was never like, oh, maybe you should have said that. There, there's no second guessing when it came to those people. And I, I, I know I second guess myself every day, all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And I'm, I know my tools are not as sharp as theirs. I mean, you want to talk about inspiring. Right. Right. Those guys are the ones. But that you, always have, yeah, you always have it ready to go. Um, so there, yeah, that, that dependability, that dependability factor that the people around you can depend on you and your mood yes, and your, um, your facial expressions and your interest in them, they can count on that and they, they can appreciate that and they can also feel that ease when they're around you. Yeah. And both in a, um, 
personal like one-on-one -on -one level but also in a leadership group level like right. if that person's in front of your group you feel comfortable right and i think about those people that i had mentioned at the beginning of the episode and you know certainly as like a 12 or 13 year old boy in the junior high mm -hmm. kind of it coming of age like in self-awareness yeah i mean that was like a really great figure to have around in a, in a great figure that helped kind of um, knock off the edge of some of adolescent behavior. Yeah. You know, and being obstinate maybe, yeah. or just being hyper, or being dramatic, but kind of having that figure that kind of had, lay a, helped put out a calm sheen on everything. So now this conversation is making me think that I need to find some other tools to use in the classroom. Like what, what kind of tools do you think of? Well, I, I kind of think about those people that were really inspiring, like Dr. Tim. Yeah. And he was like really good at like getting quiet, pulling back. Yeah. I don't do that a lot. And I'm not saying I necessarily should, because I think I should still be myself, but just like having more options, because maybe I only have a couple tools, and then I, if I need a certain tool but don't have it, I try and use a different tool, and then it kind of works, but like not as well. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the my takeaway from this episode. Yeah, I, I think I think you know I think that's that's good. The the, the pulling back, creating a space for silence. Now. Also, Dr. Tim did, you know, like the, the ways that we've seen him, he did a, um, similar lesson plans. Mm -hmm. And so it, was, it wasn't really a stand-up comedy, but it was almost stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. But it was interactive with students. Yes. And he had, like, nuance. Like, but he had tens of stories. Like, and, and, and certain, he would talk about certain student behavior, and he, had, he could link it to a student yes. that made you laugh or cry. Yes, and or, you and I could probably still recite some of those stories. Yes. And it was like amazing, and yes. you believed them. You're like, yeah. I, I do think, yeah, having that um, repertoire yeah, of as they say, having the um, different tools to pull out to use is so. It's probably something that I mean, since you're closer to the beginning of your career than I am to the beginning of my career. Excuse me, that. You noticed probably when you were student teaching, you know, when Jack Hinkle was teaching um, School of Rock, rock history, um, history of rock and roll, that that's probably the thing that as an early teacher, you just, that's probably so, um, you're focused on like classroom management, like in this. I wish like, I was. But you just don't have a lot of tools. Oh, no. You don't have a lot to fall back on. And I, the same discussion I was having yesterday with my wife, because we traveled over the weekend, so we had a lot of time in the car, was thinking about my early days in Kentucky. And I had zero tools. And I didn't know I had zero tools. I don't necessarily think I'm overloaded with abundance of great tools right now. But certainly that at that time, I had like, almost no tools and I think the only tool I thought I had was trying to be somebody else which equals no tool that I, I couldn't be somebody else I couldn't be my high school band director I couldn't be my um, college director I couldn't be that person 
And so what that created was this, this haphazard, half-baked half yeah. young adult who was trying to say the right things but didn't believe it and was like trying to be on, on but didn't really know what on was and it did not work. I mean, we had been, we've talked about some of that. Sure. And I could not, it didn't work. Well, and that's what every new teacher feels. I don't think there's any first year teacher that gets home from class today and is like, wow. Right. That was a good day. Like, no one thinks that. Because you kind of put this image in my head. We're talking about tools, and it's like, it makes me feel like when you walk into a classroom, it's kind of like a building's falling apart and you're trying to save kids. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what it can feel like. And because you're trying to teach the content, you're trying to, AKA, fix the building, but you're trying to manage people, AKA, save the kids, right. right? So you're walking into a building that's falling apart and you're trying to rescue kids. And when you're talking about our tools, you're coming in as a first year teacher and you've got like one Phillips head screwdriver right. and that's, you're supposed to fix everything. Right. And that's like not gonna happen. So you're trying to develop all these tools as you go, but you're also like hanging on to the kids and you're trying to get the content going and trying to multitask all that stuff at the beginning is not gonna go well. Right. And it's somehow like those people, the, the Dr. Tims and the Tom Kahn was his name, like those guys, I think they did have something like natural. And I know yes. I don't think that they it was only natural. Like I'm sure that they like were self aware enough to try and hone those skills and know their strengths and how to cover for weaknesses. But that's that stuff is like fascinating. Like how how do you get so drawn into those people? And what can we do as teachers to get kids drawn into us? And Tim had the saying, and that maybe he didn't come up with it, but like, people don't care what you know till they know that you care. Right. And I'm sure that has a big thing to do with it. Because if they you don't were, care what you know until they know that you care. Right. Yes. Care or no, right? Care, no, no right. care. Right. So if you you walk into a room with Tim, whether or not he talks to you, you just had like, you knew, like you knew that he cared because right. of how he carried himself. And I'm sure the same was true with Tom Kahn. Yeah. Right. And I think that a lot of kids can feel that way, but it's not always a like mandate. Like you, like you're so charismatic and you're so good at what you do that the kids are just completely bought in right away. Right. Like I'm not, no, I don't think we're there yet, but yeah. I, I want to be right. on that chase and figure out how to find that. Right. And then the flip side of that would be the students that exhibit that behavior. And you can probably go through in your mind some students like that I've had in recent years. They were so consistent and so welcoming of everybody mm -hmm. that it was, it was like unbelievable. Right. They'd be like 17, 18 year olds that weren't politicians, but they could have been. Just because they reached out though to every pocket, like in, in my world, your world, the band world, you know, and were so consistent in the way that they reached out to other students and so consistent on how they looked and how they acted and how what their facial expression was and what their response was to getting something done. It was always yeah, sure, let's go. Absolutely. Yeah, great. It was like never off. It was like unbelievable. And I think that's so cool that you have students that, you know, just 
shine. Right. And they, they don't get caught up in their own thoughts, and maybe they do. Maybe Dr. Tim does. But these students, maybe they go home and go, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm not doing a good job in this class, and I'm not taking care of this. And maybe they live like that, but it just, it was so consistent and so um, positive towards other people and so appreciative of their teachers. It was like, wow. And it was never like, hey, look at me. I'm a big guy on campus. It was always just trying to live their life in a humble way that drew other people to them. Those students and Tim, now that I'm thinking about it, always exemplify gratitude. Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. Tim, and I, I still do this, but like Tim taught the skill of like writing thank you cards. Like he always professed that he had a box of thank you cards in his desk at all times, and he would just like give those away. And you and I have both received thank you cards or some sort of like nice little card from a kid. Mm -hmm. And like you and I still have them. Yep. Smile file, right? Smile file. That's our thing. We both have yeah. a little. Mine's in a gift bag somewhere in the office, and you've got your little drawer, drawer yeah. and and there's just like random papers of, and some of them are like you know with a scrap paper that a kid did you know over a random time, and some are actual cards, and they all say really nice things. And I know you and I like to keep those so we can you know if we're having a off day, we go back in and sure, we're like okay, yeah. here's what's going on. Yeah. And the kids that are kind of on that level were the quickest to give away their gratitude. And I think that's a, what a, I mean, what a great skill. What a great skill. And I would not be a good thank you card giver unless it was for Dr. Tim. I, I never did those. And then once I kind of was in his circle and the swags at Music for All, that camp, I, I like, I got that's it. Great. I understood it. And so I give those out now. But I think about those kids that send emails or just talk to you and be like, hey, like, thanks for doing that. And you can think of like a couple of mm -hmm. moments in your life that you've had those and I can too. And like, those make such a difference when kids were able to do that. And that separates the kids from everyone else who instead of thinking about what other people did for them, is like, what can they get from other people? Like that's kind of like the, the yeah. bar line and getting above that. I mean, that makes a huge difference is this idea of gratitude. That was cool. Right, and then they were wonderful they were just then because of the all those skills they were wonderful leaders yeah yeah those because they never put themselves at the front of the equation they thought like what needs to be done and then i'm like wow that is top notch and you know that wasn't that would be inspiring like to look at them to see what they're doing yeah. even though i was their teacher like oh boy am i am i living like that <laughs> you know so how do we take kids there? We bring in Dr. Tim we, well, once we, a week. We do, oh, not once a week. I was gonna say we do bring him in once a year. Right. But I think that does make a difference, okay? I think, sorry, I think you do, I think you bring up those figures to your students. I brought up Mr. Schweisberger. Mm -hmm. I brought up Dr. Tim. I don't know if I brought up um, Tom Kahn, Coach Kahn, but bring up those moments and those teachers or there's those administrators that made an impact on you say this is what happened also um, 
I, um, I want to do that to the students. Like um, one, one person on our staff like um, is our director of our um, Performing Arts Center, Scott Preheim. I was just thinking about him. In that Scott Preheim is um, jack of all trades, but he um, keeps our Performing Arts Center at a really great level, audio and um, visually, and is the sound guy and just takes care of so many details in our school and specifically in our department. But he's just kind of the guy that, like, I, we, you and I have a concert coming up on Wednesday. He was already, like, talking to me last week. We were talking brass tacks about what was going on. Yep. Something that he led. You know, like, it wasn't me, like, asking. It was like, okay, so this is what you want? And then today he was like, okay, um, just want to make sure this is on stage where you want it. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah, but it's that's the kind of way like he kind of beats you to the problem. Yes, he does. I know that he's helped you out at different. I times. was just thinking about that too. Like this was um, like two years ago. We had a concert and I had to sub in in your band, even though I was a staff member on guitar, and I'm using the same setup that I've had since I was in high school, which is not too great and it's pretty beat up, and. I got out to the stage and I noticed like one of the cables going into my guitar pedal was like spick and span brand new. And I talked to him, I was like, what, did you, did you give me a new one? He's like, oh yeah, we just made it when we had some free, I'm like, you made it? You yeah. made me a yeah. new cable? He's like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. So he's just all over that stuff all the time. And that's how he kind of gives away what he has. And that's why people are kind of drawn to him yeah. in a hard department and why he is. Right. A linchpin in so many ways right so I think an answer to your like how do we help students get there I, I think that we acknowledge that when it's there we say by the way you just saw this happen yes that's what that is yeah you know that's true um, and be on the lookout it, it's great when it happens in your classroom or in your department yeah. um, but then if it's not then maybe try to apply something in your life Maybe somebody you don't know, but give them an example of like yeah. how that came across your life. Yeah. Well, and, and Dr. Tim always said the, oh gosh, how did he say it? It was like, um, all you are worth is what you can give away. Yeah. Something like that, a little right. more right. profound because right. he's Dr. Tim. But that, that, there is some, some truth to that, like what you're worth is what you can give away. And that, because you can give away so many things and so much all the time and just give. And, and that's kind of what people remember, and people remember how they made you feel from that stuff. And then it encourages other people to do that more because they're aware of it. So it's giving, it just kind of keeps giving, right? Yes. So that's the lesson plan this week. That's the lesson Teach plan. the kids to give, give it all away. That's good though, because when we, we do have that concert on Wednesday, we can kind of talk, talk to the kids about that that they're very fortunate. No, that's true. That's good. What's like the wraparound? I need a title for this episode. What do you got? What do you got? Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? There you go. Almost right there. Okay, well, we're trying to pare the episodes down, right? Yeah, we are. Because if you're driving 20 minutes to work, one way, mm -hmm. turn around, 20 minutes back, we're at 43 minutes right now. We had been rolling in an hour. 
Yeah, so we don't even want to listen to ourselves talk for an hour. No, that's a you. lot of words. Well, I say many word, but you so. know your trick. That's true. I got to go return a leaf blower. I bought a leaf blower yesterday, and I bought the battery-powered one. Dude, that was a mistake. Those things last like four minutes. Tell me, Jack. I need to return it and get one of the corded ones. <laughs> you can say one of them corded ones. I need to get one of them corded ones. I need one of the corded Wait, ones. I like corded I ones. Love, okay. I love I cookies. Like, okay. Did, <laughs> Wait. Are you sure it was charged? I used the battery from my weed eater because they shared the same battery pack, so I didn't even use the new battery that came with. I pulled that sucker right off the charger. It's charged. And it was a leaf blower. Put the battery in that you've used on your weed eater. Yeah, but it was already it was already charged. But but you've used that battery yeah, before. Yeah. And then you tried to use it on the leaf blower. Four minutes. So you think. But did you try the? Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> is it? Did you buy it at a reputable store, or Menards. did you buy it like a no. Dollar Tree? No, I bought it at Menards. It's Black and Decker, man. It's like legit stuff. Well, that should have been lasting all day. I think you know. I looked it up later. It said 15 minute battery life. <gasps> 15 minute blow time for the leaf blower. I was like, no, I can't. This this ain't right. I'm not huh. doing this. Okay, so you're gonna go do that. I'm gonna go return that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna take the dog for a walk. Gosh, is it dark? It will be by the time we get home. <sighs> I know it's great. The dog is going. Dad, 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 dad. Milk bone. Okay, so next week we're gonna have some guests on the show. Multiple. This is our first time with two There'll people. Be four of us in the episode. And we're gonna we're gonna go to the editing studio. And we're gonna see how this looks, see how this sounds, and we'll see if it's a keeper. See what's going on here. But I kind of like the desk. I mean, the desk is nice. The it desk is. is good. I like setting my arms. Oh, that was loud. I like setting my arms down on something. Before it was like on my lap, and I got to reach down for my coffee can. Right. It's good. And I have my shoes off, so I don't. No, I don't. No, this is good. Okay. So we already did our intro at the beginning. Yeah, but go follow us on all the stuff if you have it. We're almost at 300 followers on Instagram. You could be the one. You could be our second reviewer, and you could be, oh, we had a lot of ratings because, you know, we're like followers like really? that. We're in double digits of okay. ratings. Well, so this week, go out, see what you can see, and hear what you can hear, and do what you can do. Change the world. Change the world! And come to Job the station. jazz concert on Wednesday. We'll be okay. swimming. Okay, for Steve Peterson. And Jack and Cole. We're out of here. Thank you.